Hi, today we're going to look at a very, very, very important subject, a subject that I believe that the church needs to be looking at very squarely, facing it in the light of what's happening around the world today. You'll see when I mention the title and then also as I do this teaching, but it is so important for us to grasp what I, what I believe that God has put on my heart today. In some senses, I believe there's some parts of this message that are really prophetic, Yes, God does things in our hearts and lives now that are going to be make us different in the world and into the future in our service for God. So let's pray together. I'm asking you just to bow your head and to pray with me. Father, please help us. We need you and we need you desperately. I do. I ask you to help me in preaching this word, proclaiming it, that it will be by the impact and the influence and the unction of your spirit and that we that hear... <clears throat> that we will hear under that same influence and impact and unction and our lives would be changed for the good and we would be better sons and daughters and servants of the living God in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. In John chapter 18, and John chapter 8, Jesus says these words, if you read them with me, verses 31 and 32, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. In other words, if you obey what I'm telling you, what I teach you, what I instruct you, if you do that, then you really are my disciples. In other words, if you don't, you're not really one of my disciples. I mean, Jesus just cuts right through things, doesn't he? Just comes right to the core of the matter. And then he goes on and he says, and I love these words, he says, then... If you obey me and you are truly my disciples, then you will know the truth, truth, and the truth will set you free. I want to look at truth. If our concept of the word truth, if our concept of truth is wrong or false, then every single area of our lives is going to be adversely affected. Pilate asked the question of Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life? What is truth? Such an important question. And yet it's so blurred today. What is truth? The answers we get are so blurred. We, people are talking about relative truth, my truth, truth as I see it. There are no absolutes anymore. I want to just, I don't want to be philosophical about this or too technical, but just let me give you a few definitions from the dictionaries of what truth is, the definitions of truth. Truth is that which is true in accordance with fact or reality. They go on to say it's the body of real things, events and facts, actually. What's the nature of truth? This is what the definition, what the dictionaries say. Truth is what is it? It is true. Let me say that again. Truth is what it is independently, whether any mind recognizes it or not. It's not do people accept it or recognize it. It's just fact. So we want to look at the importance of truth. Truth matters. Truth really matters. 
both to us as individuals, but also to society as a whole. Truth really matters. As us as individuals, being truthful means we can grow and we can mature. We can learn from our mistakes, the mistakes we make. We can acknowledge that we were wrong because there's truth. Truth is the gauge. There it is. And as we are able to acknowledge that, and we don't know it, we don't have to cover up or deceive ourselves by acting as if we didn't or didn't know what truth was or we hadn't done things wrong. As for society, truth or truthfulness creates social bonds, friendships, honouring one another, creating stronger, um, making us stronger together. Whereas when we lie, deception, hypocrisy breaks down, separates and eventually destroys society. And it's doing it right now. Truth gives us, gives us a solid foundation to stand upon, to build upon. Truth explains reality. It shows us what's right and it corrects us when we're wrong. But here's the problem. There are a number of ways we can look at truth how people look at it and how they embrace it. I'm only going to take two ways that I believe are important for the subject. Can't cover them all. But we have what we call empirical truth. That is truth based on evidence, research and, and reason. It's not always easy to establish depending on what you see as your source for truth. And it can be inconvenient when it doesn't serve your needs. But let me just say this. One and one, one plus one equals two. No matter where you live, who wants to believe it, what society says, culture doesn't affect it. It is truth. One plus one equals two. And two plus two equals four. <laughs> no matter what the situation, the circumstance, anytime, anywhere, it's not different in different countries or different cultures. One and one is two. It's fact. It's truth. Two and two equals four. Fact. Truth. That's empirical truth. But then we have another truth, and that's what people call today convenient truth. And I think that is self-explanatory, but I'll just touch it in passing. Truth that suits me at a particular time and need is convenient truth. At a certain season in my life, what I'm going through, what I want to hear, and that can be the truth that I want to embrace, but it's not truth because it's not empirical truth. It's just truth as I want it. And that's what's happening around the world today, even, unfortunately, in so many parts of the church. So our worldview has to be God's worldview, and that's Bible truth. That's the subject I want to cover today, Bible truth. Bible truth as yours and mine as the church's worldview. The whole Bible, not selective parts of the Bible, but the whole Bible. I'll tell you this, this the study of God is the master science of all sciences, above all other sciences, the, the study of God. Study God as a science as well as, as life-changing, God-embracing, and heartfelt service towards God. Bible truth is true truth. Bible truth is true truth, and it's unchanging. 
It's always victorious and it conquers every attempt to defeat or destroy it. No matter who tries it, no matter what they come with, Bible truth stands and is victorious, conquering every attempt. It may be attacked, it may be twisted, opposed, ridiculed, distorted, or even ignored by many, but it remains truth. It can't really be diluted. People try to dilute it, preachers dilute it, or try to, but in actual fact, it's still the truth. That hasn't changed. It's just the effects of what you're saying is truth is what's changing. But the Bible, God's word, will not change one jot or tittle. It'll be, it abides forever. It remains nothing but the truth. And this is the beautiful thing about it. Truth and only truth sets free. As we read in John 8.32, you shall know the truth. Jesus said in John 17.17, 17, your word is truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. In, it gives us victory. I've just recorded a couple of scriptures here. 1 John chapter 5, just taking bits of them out of it. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. And that faith is in what? The truth. The, the truth of the word, the truth of Jesus, who is the way, the truth and the life. It doesn't only give us victory, but it sets us apart. John 17, 17 says this. Jesus in that prayer says, sanctify them or set them apart, apart through the truth. It grants us access to God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the light. No man can come to the Father but by me. And what is Jesus? The truth. It makes us competent workers. John, if you read 2 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which we may read a little later, but you could push the pause button on what you're listening to now and just read that for yourself in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And Ephesians 5, chapter 4, verse 15 tells us that truth matures us. Read that for yourself as the body grows up, matures. And so the list goes on. We, truth makes us true disciples, as we read it in John 8, 31 and 32. So let's start with this fact. God is truth. And in the later studies, I want to look at not only that God is truth, but I want to look at the truth about God. And there's a difference. God is truth. And then we want to look at the Bible, the truth about God. I hope that makes sense, but I'll make it, it'll make more sense when you hear me teach on. Deuteronomy 20, 32 verse 4 in the King James says of God, He is my rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of truth and without iniquity. So God is truth. In Psalm 31 verse 5, the King James says, Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. The NRV says, My faithful God. You can't be faithful if you're not true. Isaiah 65 verse, I think it's verse 76 or 16 says, you're a God of truth. The NRV says, the New International says, the one true God. Truth is one of God's moral attributes. It's an essential part of his character. All truth proceeds from God's very nature. Someone has said, Truth is that which conforms to the reality, to reality as it is perceived by God. Let me say that again. Truth is that which conforms to reality as perceived by God. God knows everything about everything. 
so we can trust everything he has revealed in the Bible. Truth is determined by God, the source of all truth. It's not determined by what I like, you like, scientists tell us, teachers tell us, or anyone else. Truth is established by God. So we need to know the truth, what truth is, and teach the truth. And when it comes to truth about God, we need to teach his attributes, which I'll talk a little bit about in another study. But not only is the Bible truth, not only sorry, not only is God truth, God the Father, but secondly, Jesus is truth, as we just touched on. He's God, and he said he's the way, the truth, and the life. So I want to look at Jesus as truth, and in another study, to look at the truth about Jesus. Because so much about Jesus has been taught that isn't true about him. But he is truth incarnate. One John chapter 1, verse 14, remember it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And then it said, full of grace and truth. He is truth incarnate. And truth only comes through him. As it says in John 1, 17, grace and truth, truth came through Christ. In 1 John 8, uh, chapter 5, verse 20, I just want to read a little part of this. It says this, we all we know also this is John that the uh, that that disciple that Jesus loved the the apostle of love it says we all we know also that the son of god has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him that's the father who is true and we are in him who is true and then this even his son Jesus Christ he is the true god an eternal father and an eternal life. So Jesus is true. Jesus came to show us what God is like, a true reflection of what God is. He is true. He showed us how we as an example how we should live, but as also he came to die for our sins, but he came to destroy the works of the enemy, the evil one. And remember that part of untruth lies is part of what Jesus came to destroy. So when Jesus came to this earth as truth, he came to destroy lies and the devil is is the father of all lies. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. Moving on quickly, the third part of looking at this subject of truth is not only is God the Father truth, not only is Jesus Christ the Son truth, but so is the Holy Spirit the Paracletos, he is also truth, the helper, the one who comes to our aid. The Bible says this, <clears throat> John chapter 17, verse 17. Uh, sorry, John 16, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So he is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is truth. And we'll look at the truth about the Holy Spirit in another subject. This I touched this a moment ago by mistake. The Bible, the Word of God, is truth. And then we look at the truth about the Bible in time too. But John 17, 17 says, Your Word, Jesus speaking, the truth speaking, says of the Word, Your Word, to the Father who is truth, Your Word is truth. The Bible is the main source of truth for every single believer. If you question that, you're in trouble. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not to be need to be ashamed and who 
correctly handles correctly handles the word of truth. Psalm 119 verse 160 says of the Father, all your words are true. All your righteous all your righteous laws are eternal. They'll never change. They're eternal. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 says talks about the holy scriptures and it says this all scripture is God breathed and is useful to, for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. James 1.18 says that he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. 1 Peter 1.23 says, now that, now that you have purified, purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that, and so he goes on. So let's just establish this again. Truth is absolute. God's truth. It's not relative. But it's beautiful in that it is truth. Absolute truth is knowable if we really want to know it. And if we will obey it. It doesn't change over time, circumstances or cultures. So if we study God's word and trust the Holy Spirit and believe the facts as laid out in Scripture, these scriptures will give us every answer to life that we will ever really need on every topic that is of eternal priority or value. And we will know the truth. The Bible is the sword of the Spirit, as Ephesians 6.17 tells us. And in other words, it just cuts through all the lies. How we need this in a time of fake news, so-called relative truth, Truth as I see it, my truth, deceptive, dishonest, demonic, reactionary, woke culture, and so we go on. The whole Bible, both Testaments. Now I want to clear this up, and we may have to finish this first little part of the study as I read these things to you, but I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles, first of all, to Romans chapter 15, because somewhere this has got lost to so many of God's people. And then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But in Romans chapter 15, Paul writes some words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that are so important for us. He says this, For everything that was written in the past. So here's Paul. He hasn't got the New Testament that we've got. He's talking about the Old Testament. And he's saying, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, that was what was in the Old Testament prior to the New Testament being read, being written, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. The Old Testament is of vital importance to us. We cannot just delete it, ignore it. But he goes on, let me just read to you what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, just one verse there, the 11th verse. And we already read 2 Timothy 3, 16, saying all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture. And Paul's referred to the scriptures of the Old Testament. All scripture. And here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and I hope you won't be put off by this because it does, may not agree with you. Stick, hang in there and listen to what God wants to say. Please just give us a chance. But he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 
And in the 11th verse, he says, these things happen. He's talking about the things that happened in the Old Testament and as they were, the children of Israel came out of Egypt. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So the New Testament confirms that the Old Testament is absolutely essential for life today. We need it. We need to be whole testament. And so when I'm talking about the Bible being truth, I'm talking about the old and the new. Who would dare to say what the Old Testament says about that Jesus quotes when he says God is love and when he tells us that we're to love out the Lord our God with all our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits and our strength, etc., and our neighbours as ourselves, we wouldn't deny that. Who could say you can commit adultery when the Old Testament Scripture says, Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, if you not uh, tell lies, etc. All of those things are still valid today. We just read them through New Testament lenses, and that gives us a better understanding of what was in the heart of God and in, intentionally in the early before He made the, the earth. So, please, when you begin to question and discard certain parts, you open yourself to demonic deception. Please don't do that. That's why, why the Bible is under such vicious and constant attack today. To try to steer at once, just people are attacking us. The Bible's under attack. The, 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 what is behind it all is to steer us away. You, your family, your church away from truth and it's only truth that sets you free just just i want to finish this off because of time but just can i just say this just take the the theory of evolution god's creation the way he said it happened in genesis the early parts of genesis or creation or theories of evolution when you start to try and mix the two you get into serious trouble you mix it, and before you know what, you're mixing lies with the God's truth, and you're on a slippery slope. So, please, stick with the Word of God. We've said now that God is truth, God the Father, Jesus is truth, the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and that the Bible is truth. Jesus said it, your Word is truth. We'll carry on and looking at some of the other things that are truth, that are absolutely essential in the next study. God bless you. Yeah.